from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. Here we are back for another week of Life to Labyrinth podcast with a slight twist this week. Not only is Angie back, potentially for good, but Stephen is taking the night off because his baby apparently is going through one of those phases where it's only sleeping or he's only sleeping for about 45 minutes. So, and Stephen has gone back to work. So Godspeed to our brother in musical arms and hopefully he'll get some sleep and join us next week and moving forward. Did he really not come because maybe of the musical choice? No, okay, no, he really was tired. It was the musical choice, wasn't it? Yeah, I know that <laughs> you've you've been blessed to not have children. Yeah, but, you're right, uh, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, but they go through phases where, yeah, they just randomly stop sleeping at all. I would be and, uh, dysfunctional on that. I am wishing him good, good luck and, and sleepy rest. Yes, the best way I can describe the tiredness of having a baby is the way Fry reacts when in Futurama when he decides to have a hundred coffees. <laughs> okay. Where leading up to it, he just becomes more and more of a mess, and he gets to a hundred and he can function, and he's actually better than everyone else. Having a baby and trying to like shift your body into never sleeping mode is like that. You're just like a hot mess and eventually you just kind of like even out <laughs> and you it can kind of function despite the fact that you have no, no sleep. Terrifying to me. I also am a super bitch without all my sleep. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want to be around anyone or <laughs> have anyone have to deal with me on such little sleep. But maybe we will see that happen one day. Who knows? Who knows? Although you've always struck me as the happy crazy aunt. <laughs> I am a happy, crazy aunt right now. So. <laughs> My little so, pals. Should, yes. So should you ever have children, you know, not something I would ever trade, but if you don't, then you just never have to find out how much it can suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been warned. I've been warned. Yes. So yes, we wish Stephen well. And Stephen, if you're listening, hope to see you back soon, buddy. You're not off the hook for the research. <laughs> <laughs> He did tell me what he thinks of this band, so I'll just kind of maybe lay it out at the end. I'll kind of say what he sort of told me about his experiences listening to it, and why don't we jump in? So we're listening this week to Alt-J's Relaxer album, which was your first suggestion. So why don't you take it away with how you found this band, how long you've been listening to them, what, you know, kind of a little bit more of why you chose this album beyond what you said last week, and yeah, take it away, Angie. Yeah, sure. So... As I said last week, the premise of the podcast is kind of introduce yourself to new music because you're listening to the same stuff over and over again. And I'm still, I listen to the same crap over and over again. So this is actually a new band. I don't remember how I discovered it, but I do recall one of their hits being played at the store that I worked at over and over again. And I didn't like it. And every time it came on, it made me quite angry. But anyways, at some point I must have delved into it and discovered... The greatness that is Alt-J, which is the greatest name ever because it's actually a triangle. And the reason for that is because when you press Alt and J on a Mac, it makes the triangle, which is the most hipster shit I have ever heard in the world. <laughs> yes, which is right up your alley, as I recall, as the, you know, power vegan living in the Glebe in Ottawa. Yeah, not a vegan anymore, but definitely on my Mac today. Definitely on my Mac. Well, I'm glad you know, because I've never owned a Mac beyond an Apple uh, phone, which I believe is called an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I I think so. I think you I think, I think so. you might be right. I don't, don't want to run any free ads for Apple. On That's funny. <laughs> I did uh, test it out, Alt-J does indeed make a triangle so right up there with naming yourself after or naming yourself a symbol uh which is very prince they're an yeah. english indie rock band and i know last week you mentioned my ultimate favorite word that i have coined of all time which is relaxtronica relaxtronica they have been called indietronica <laughs> folktronica and experimental. But I just think we should add Tronica to every word from now on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're a thrash metal Tronica. 
Yeah, I just keep waiting for someone to actually say Relaxtronica, but I never quite see it, so I'm pretty sure I have to trademark it immediately. I'd go for it. I mean, it stuck with me for the last 15 years, and it was probably just something relatively off the cuff you said one night when you, Rochelle, and I were drinking. That's so funny. I... It's one of my proudest moments, really. <laughs> so Alt-J met when they were all going to Leeds University in 2007. Three albums, one in 2012, Awesome Wave, 2014, This Is All Yours, and then this one in 2017, which is called Relaxer. Tell me your thoughts. Out of the gate, I mean, I just enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I sat down and listened to something like this. I mean, you know, I've alluded to and sort of fondly remembered things like Massive Attack and Zero Seven on the podcast, but it's not too often that I take the time to listen to this kind of music anymore, largely because it's something that I've, I listen to a lot when I'm working. And I kind of shifted out of listening to music with singing when I work, and I just kind of listen to like lo-fi electronic music or just beats. So it was really fun to sort of find a band that re reminded me of that. And with you kind of stepping back into my life in a way that you haven't been in a long time, for you to sort of bring this band with you and immediately throw them <laughs> at me was just sort of like, it just, it sort of just like warmed the cockles of my cold, dry heart to sort of, to listen to this kind of music coming from you because I have so many like happy memories of hanging with you and our old friend Rochelle, going on drives with you in high school. You introduced me to Moby, like you really started mm. on my journey of listening to electronic music at all. Before that, I just listened to grunge music or classic rock music. And I remember when you got Moby's 18 album, I just fell in love with it. And I've been a Moby fan ever since. I've seen him in concert and it's because of your influence and I almost, for my pick this week was going to choose Moby 18, but I can't because I've already committed to what I need to listen to this month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now with you here, we're on a, a three week, we're on a three week cycle now. It's not Steven and I alternating switches. So I realized that I've already committed to what I want to listen to in December and I only get one pick this month. Got it. So, but yeah, no, I just, I just, I loved it. I mean, there were some really interesting things, you know, as we kind of jump into the songs a little bit, but I, as, a, as a general listening experience, this was really nice for me. It wasn't a struggle to listen to this album at all. I knew nothing about this band. I'd never heard of them. They seemed familiar, but when I started listening, I didn't recognize it at all. I did listen to the that the last Freckle song. Oh my god, it's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did I did listen to that as well because you had suggested we listen to that and I did enjoy it. I'm not sure I connected with it as maybe as much as this album, but I think maybe because I was listening to it completely out of context. Sure. Can I just interject when we when I you somehow got Moby from me, was that during high school or was that after mm -hmm. I came Wow, okay. Cause I was gonna yeah. say I picked up all of this like love of electronic music when I lived in the UK and got into some really intense house techno for a while living in the land of Ministry of Sound. So I'm really surprised to hear that I had a little bit of it in my blood before going. Okay, carry on. Sorry. No, yeah, no. It was 100% in high school. Um, I was seeing sort of my more important girlfriend of the two I had in high school at the time. And she and I started listening to it as well. Yeah, no, it. I don't know where you got it from. I don't know. Maybe you were listening to play or something previously. I know you have an older sister. Like, did Maggie introduce you any of that kind of stuff? Where'd you find Moby? I don't know. I don't know. But that's really interesting to know because I felt like I was kind of the gothy rock kid. So fascinating. I also have no memory, so I don't even remember what I was like in high school, apparently. Oh, well, you were, you were a nice person. <laughs> that sounds like... <laughs> Anyways, that sounds like you had to say that. But no, we also, were... we also connected well after I came back from England because I was driving into university with you and that's when we would have really bonded on things like Zero Seven. Yeah, I think because I was friends with Rochelle and you were friends with Rochelle, we ended up in some of the same social environments. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember we went out for lunch or something. I remember specifically in high school in your old beat up Civic. Yes. <laughs> listening, you had just gotten this album and you were just like, oh, I love him so much and he just makes me want to be vegan. Oh my God, that's so funny. I was a vegetarian for like 10 years, so that's kind that's kind of accurate. I don't know why that's such a vivid memory for me, maybe because I became such a Moby fan afterwards or as a result of it, but yeah, it 100% happened, it was 100% in high school and but yes, we we definitely you and I became better friends independent of or whatever social circles we were in at the time as a result of yeah, commuting into the city of college. 
and whatnot. So yeah, do you want to dive into the songs a little bit? Sure. So I, there's only eight songs, and there's, since there's only two of us, you want to just kind of since you like this album so much, you want to just kind of touch on all of them a little bit. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So the I first think track. We're gonna rip through this because it's <laughs> exciting, and we're pumped about it. Yeah, definitely. So the first track, three ww. I just I I really liked just the sort of really tuned down acoustic guitar-y sound of it. It was sort of a really nice way to start. It wasn't super electronic and their voices are sort of pulled back a bit, kind of really reverby. And you just like the little egg shaker in the back. And, you know, I didn't really look the lyrics up for any of these songs. I just listened to it as like an audio experience. I didn't yeah. really care what the lyrics were. Yeah, I and, live my um, life by that rule generally. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't place what this album reminded me of. The song just reminds me of something else. But I, for the life of me, I can't think of what it is. It could be just reminds me of those songs that they play in like, 60s movies or like Mad Men when the main character who's a bit of a square goes to a hippie party and there's a lot of incense in the room or something and (laughs) it just it just feels like that it's just like this it's supposed to like deliver this ambiance where you are amongst cooler people than you that's amazing (laughs) well I agreed with you I loved that I definitely had good intro song because it just kind of cradles you in and gets you a little bit intrigued without being like we're gonna be a little weird and get ready it's super soft it's super kind of just lulls you in it's very like Bohemian Rhapsody where there's like 18 different songs in one. You know when you're like, oh, I'm getting the vibe for this song. And then it does a complete 180 and goes to a certain section. And you're like, is this still the same song? Yes, it is. And then it does something different. And you're like, did the song switch? No, it didn't. This is the same song. Yeah, you kind of you float between this like, yeah, sort of like down tuned acoustic guitar thing. And then and whatever the chorus is if that's even what you could call it all of a sudden there's like an orchestra and the audio for the vocals jumps up way it becomes way louder totally kicks you in the face yeah and then all of a sudden it changes again and you're and they're playing like an out-of-tune piano or something (laughs) and it's like another different song and it's like what and and it's cool because it sort of introduces you to like a few different voices like all of a sudden there's a woman singing and i don't know it it's just it's a very intricate song for something that sounds so sparse and simple yeah it does kind of keep you guessing for sure but it's it is a pretty cool song the band recorded string sections of three ww in studio two of london's famed abbey road studios which is pretty cool um another thing that i did when i was getting into my alche wormhole this week is i watched all of the music videos which i I don't think I've seen them before, and that was a trip. And if you have some extra time, worth it. I think I'm going to have to start doing that for most of these artists, because I know, like, when we did their Lizzo episode, Stephen and I, I kind of regretted that I hadn't watched the videos. Yeah, this one is dark. I mean, a lot of their videos are dark, but they are premium (sighs) cinematic interesting pieces that are definitely worth checking out. I will do that. It's good to know that the art of the music video is a dead, even though none of us like have a steady way of much music or whatever. Yeah, no, everybody just watches music videos on YouTube now. And MTV, I guess, is just for reality TV. Funny, eh? Oh, how times have changed. Yes, I remember how badly, you know, everybody wanted MTV and when I was in French immersion in seventh grade we were assigned to watch French TV as a way to envelop ourselves I guess in French culture and just listening to people speak French casually and stuff like that and it seemed more often than not people in my class were listening to music plus music plus (laughs) (laughs) that's super I don't even know that exists anymore I doubt it I was a country kid so I never had any of these channels but when I would go into town Man, hanging out at my friends' houses that had cable, much music was mind-blowing. And if, you know, my songs came on, it was outlandishly exciting. But I never really got to dive in. I only got little little tidbits of it, which made it way more exciting. Yeah, it was sort of like 
for me growing up without a Nintendo or anything like that. When I went to someone's house and got to play Mario every once in a while, yeah, me it was too. So much more exciting. Hundred percent. We didn't have video games or anything like that. A hundred percent. Mario was yeah. like, "What? Let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> the only game that I've ever really got into in my whole life, Mario. <laughs> To this day. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> I don't know. I do I did just want to point out that the last line of this song is I just want to love you in my own language, which is effing adorable. What a sweet little line. That is that's a good one. Reminds me of a Nirvana line. Because I'm that guy. Yeah, I know you are. Which what's the <laughs> line? <laughs> there's um there's a, a Nirvana song that was never officially released but was played a little bit every once in a while in concert called talk to me and one of the lines in it the line that opened the chorus was talk to me in your own language please oh okay 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 awesome i know you're a nirvana guy i am one day we're gonna listen to nirvana and i won't have to even open the wikipedia page you'll just be like watch me rhyme this shit off dudes <laughs> yeah you and steven will just be like can we leave we'll keep talking if we just go we'll just smile and nod and you just rock it out I won't be the one. I don't know if I'll be the one that suggests it. Maybe Steven will suggest it someday, or I'll just be like, you know what? It's been five years, and it's my 40th birthday, and we're doing Nevermind, damn it. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, this is this is your podcast. We should definitely, definitely hit up Nirvana. We'll do it at some point. The point of this was to sort of, I didn't want to do, like, those kind of bands right out of the gate. I was like, let's do something a little more interesting or yeah. something that's sort of, you know, when we started, we started listening to pop albums kind of before you joined us. And that was sort of fun. I was, you know, Stephen wanted to listen to Lizzo and I suggested the LSD thing. And he and I have this joke that if we really wanted to get our listenership up, we'd listen to a Celine Dion album. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> and now that you're here, we may actually pull it off. That would be super fun. <laughs> I love that you guys are listening to pop because I don't, I've never listened to any pop and it's a, it is a giant black hole for me when people reference any popular music, which tends to be in the pop category. I never have any idea what people are talking about. Yeah. And pop for me, I think, and you, Steven and I all have a retail working experience. Yeah. And so most of my pop exposure has been working at a retail store like in the evenings as a second job and I realized that I'd heard all these songs like a million times I didn't know what they were and I was like oh so that's who Ed Sheeran is and who oh, that that's yeah. who Ariana Grande is and, yeah and I realized that they were all the songs that I was sick of listening to at work yeah <laughs> so as much as I think I probably know more of it than I want I associate it with this sort of like ugh Sort of like Christmas music. It wouldn't matter how much I like or don't like Christmas music. Because I'm working in retail at Christmas and have done so for a few years. Yeah. And they turn the Christmas music on halfway through November. Totally. Once you've listened to the same 25 Christmas songs performed by 50 different artists for six weeks, it doesn't matter how much you may or may not like it. Yeah, it's it's done. <laughs> you just hate you. it. Yeah. You just hate it. I I still kind of reject that. I still have the... That gothy angsty teenager in me where i I'm a, I'm a rocker at heart and i still rage against the pop machine a little bit and when i do yeah. hear pop songs and i and i realize how big they are and i can some of the main pop artists these days i do not understand but i but i the, what i love about this podcast is it kind of forces you to just be open-minded and and not judgmental with yourself yeah and that's sort of i think that's, so that's what we were hoping for when we started it, you know, and we talked about listening to artists that we figured we'd hate. And for me, like when I said that in our introduction and I talked to Steven about it, I was thinking with every fiber of my being about Ariana Grande. Sure. I can't name one of her songs, I promise you, but I could, I'm sure I would understand. Yeah. My, my daughters actually will invariably ask Spotify on their Alexas to play Ariana Grande and was like, oh, I hate this. I hate it so much. And I and I feel like at some point I'm going to have to be the one that suggests we listen to it just to kind of like, you know, emotionally come to terms with that for myself. Sure. And just to understand what a half of the world is listening to. Yeah. I will say this, um, although we're talking about Al J and not Ariana Grande, because I have two daughters and because they watch those kind of like shows, they're watching the Disney show that she started on, Cat and Allie or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, she was I was I was talking to their mom and I was like, Who 
who is that girl? She's sort of funny. She had a weird voice. And she was like, that's Ariana Grande. This is where she got her start. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I didn't know that at all. This is yeah, all news to me. Anyway, fodder for a different episode. <laughs> I love that all Jay got to Ariana Grande. I don't know how it yeah. happened, but I was I was here for it. That's that's life to labyrinth, man. <laughs> <laughs> we call we, we named our podcast after the you know a labyrinth because we know how much we tangent when we talk normally. Yeah, <laughs> that makes total sense. I will get onto a tangent any second of the day. Also, I'm glad that you've joined us because we have agreed at some point we're going to listen to the labyrinth soundtrack, and I'm really glad you're going to be here for it. Oh my god! Okay, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I won't know any of that. That'll be news to me. Have you not seen Labyrinth the movie? I have. Like, I don't remember anything about it, but that's normal for me. Let's just remember that. Okay. All right, all right. But no, like, it's not like Rocky Horror to me, where I know every single line from every single okay. song and every dance move. Yeah, I don't really know the music that well, but I've seen the music a bunch or the movie a bunch of times, and I, I suspect the the soundtrack is essentially a David Bowie album. Yes, I I assume I would assume that, but it would be falling on fresh new yeah. ears for sure. Yeah, I'm um, getting back to all J. <laughs> what? I mean, yep. <laughs> Your suggestion, "In Cold Blood" <laughs> is the next song, Yay. which has that binary code in it of zero one 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 zero zero one one, which yes. I looked up, and it's just the letter S, and there is a lot of Reddit posts about people trying to figure out what it means. Oh, that's so funny. I was reading about it too. And it always reminds me of a family guy joke, which makes me sad that so much of my pop culture references are family guy. Um, <laughs> but let me just pull this up. Cause I feel like they did with an eight digit binary phrase, which translate to a lowercase S. Oh yeah. It's Anyways, there is more spiel on it and lots of people are trying to figure out. But yeah, like maybe they just felt like singing some numbers team. Like, do we really need to pull it apart? Yeah, I was sort of wondering, you know, sort of like Flight of the Concords where they have oh like the God, humans love, are dead song. I love Flight of the Concords. You know, binary solo. He's like zero zero one. Zero zero one. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, That's so where funny. my mind went immediately. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, in the Reddit post, if you Google the binary code for the delta symbol of triangle, it is 11001101010010100. The first eight numbers backwards Noted. are the... Li- <laughs> But the first eight numbers backwards are the lyric. Okay. Oh my God. That's so funny. It's, but it does make sense to kind of delve into their songs a little bit because they do write these songs with kind of those secret intentions. Like the song previously is the chorus is about Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Like there is a, they're definitely have something in mind. They're not just kind of randomly singing about whatever so i can see why people get caught up in the details with this well i mean with any band but i can see see with this band yeah like their name is all j and they're talking about binary exactly exactly. are these guys just math nerds they're just fucking (laughs) with you every step of the way it's like a where's waldo of what is going on in this song or with this band and i love it 20 years from now they're going to be like Radiohead and release part two of this. Yeah. It's all going to make sense. <laughs> well, and remember last week when you were like, oh, is the album Reduxer? And so Reduxer is a crazy remix of all their songs, which I once tried to listen to for 10 seconds and just called it a day. <laughs> but yeah, what a, what a nerdy badass intro. Keeping it real. Them in Flight of the Concords with the binary. <laughs> yes, here totally. For it. Here for it. Super funny. Flight of the Concords is on our uh, bonus episode artists. Steve and I decided to do bonus episodes of like comedic music, which is why we started. The first one we did was Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Flight of the Concords is on our bonus episode artist list. I'm excited. I know all the songs. So I'm like, I'm very <laughs> pumped for that You're one. You're here for it? Yeah. We're going to have to do another bonus episode for December, I think. Oh, excited. Excited. So this is definitely one of the ones that I would recommend going back and watching the music video for because I was watching it and I was like, man, that voice, there's there's kind of like a American David Attenborough feel to the beginning of it. And I looked it up and it's Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop is like the voice behind the intro into this music video, which blew my mind blew my mind and the fun fact about this song is the casio that is in this song and featured in this song they paid they paid one pound on ebay for it it is a cheap ebay 
Casio that they ripped into this song. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love I love that they used cheap old garbagey synthesizers that we got for like Christmas presents 20 years ago. Yeah, and then on the flip side they use like full orchestras. <laughs> Just to yeah. <laughs> just to fuck with everyone. It's fantastic. We go from there into a cover. Yeah, I am so embarrassed. I'm just one of those people that thought, who did I think did House of the Rising Sun? The Doors. Okay. Why did I think The Doors? No, it wasn't I The Doors. Know. Hold on. I don't want to say the name of the band that actually did it in case I throw you off your It's trail The Animals. It is The Animals. But... Uh, I, I'm one of the tons of people on the internet that think it's another band. It's like all those people that think Horse With No Name is by Neil Young. Oh, yeah. I Like, I'll be in all of those categories because I, yeah, I think people thought The Doors did it. Hmm. There's a whole bunch of bands that people thought did this because everyone knows the song, but nobody, not a lot of people know the band. Yeah, the animals are kind of known for that song and not too much else. Fun fact about the animals version, though, since we're on the topic, the vocals were recorded in one take. Oh, really? Which is saying something, because it's a hell of a performance. Yeah, totally. I did watch their version. I also didn't know it was like an old folk song. Hmm. Did you know that? I knew that the animals didn't write it. I didn't know where it came from. The first recording was 1933. Cool, that's like Ghost Riders in the Sky levels of old timey song it is old timey they also if you get into the lj wormhole like i did they do an amazing cover in one of their other albums of lovely day which oh, is yeah. sweet and lovely and i love that song anyways but so i'll be honest this is one of the songs that i often will skip because it comes in so slow and like i need a nap but it's a bit droning it is but i feel like if you stick it out and get to that part where they really like throw the vocals at you with that perfect harmony it's always worth it it's one of those songs where i'm like stick with it you'll love that part so yeah i mean i do often skip it but if i stick around for the for the vocal harmony i it's worth it i didn't find I wanted to skip it at all. I like the song. I like House of the Rising Sun. I'm usually a bit of a snob about covers. Yeah, I love a good cover. Yeah, where I'm a bit of a weirdo, especially depending on the band. I I should sort of put that caveat on, depending on the band, where it's sort of like, you know, when people do Beatles covers, I'm like, oh, you think you you could do better Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some cases i kind of have that kind of attitude it's like you don't you don't think they nailed it yeah and i recognize that a lot of covers are just people paying tribute to songs that they like or in some cases it's like it's early in their career and they like to play they don't have enough original material to not play covers and then they just end up on an album to fill it out yeah 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 usually it's like oh alien ant farm yeah smooth criminal you you felt michael jackson didn't didn't get that one right it was different and i can see exactly what you're saying because when something is perfection don't f with it but i also i i also really enjoyed that song I really liked it. Yeah, I think my kind of the point I was stumbling face first away from <laughs> was I liked it. Oh, that's <laughs> um, funny. I liked it. I liked it quite a lot because it was so different. So because it wasn't sort of a note for note cover where they just tried to like recreate whatever the animals had made. I actually quite liked it. I liked that it was sort of this droning thing because I listened to this music a lot when I was driving and when I was working. And because it was sort of droning and because it just sort of slipped into the background until kind of the end and stuff there was really no song on this album that i felt like i needed to skip okay i definitely have another another skipper but we will okay. we'll talk about it when we so, get to it i was sort of surprised like when i first my first listen to the song i didn't even bother to read the track list i just put it on yeah and then they're like there is a house in new orleans i'm like huh random where's this gonna go (laughs) yeah for sure and yeah it was fine i also like that the songs are so different from the covers they do that you're you have to spend like the first line being like where am i what am i listening to what's happening because it's the same with lovely day because i love bill withers and i remember listening to it a couple times and being like god damn that song sounds familiar and i like it and then all of a sudden being like what (laughs) (laughs) So definitely listen to that one because it's just, yeah, I like when people like make it so different. You have to place what's what's happening for at least the first two lines. (laughs) Additionally, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, you know, you go ahead. No, I was, I was skip to the next song. So if you have another, I just on, had on one that. thing, and I'm not totally sure if this is accurate, but there is a pretty badass also cover of House of the Rising Sun that is part of the final season and final scene of Sons of Anarchy, which may oh, or may yeah. not be my favorite TV show of all time. So really? anyways, moving on. I've seen very little of that show. Oh, I've probably seen the whole thing maybe four times. That's what I'm like with Mad Men. Okay, I'm like that. Yeah, it's Sex in the City and Sons of Anarchy, which seem very similar. In... Not, not at all. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I know so little about either. Uh, I feel that you're yanking my chain, yeah. but I really don't have enough reference to know. I was like, well, maybe the undertones are similar. <laughs> you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, sure. Biker gang. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, they, they wear, wear the same. They wear the same vests. I could see where maybe fashion would play into it. <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, That's those right. are my probably shoes. having a lot of promiscuous sex in Sons of Anarchy as well. Yeah, so. yeah sure. It does. There are definitely, I'm sure I could figure out the similarities. Okay, next song. I look I look forward to your side project podcast where you take two shows that are completely non-related and figure out how they are the same. Bring the correlations together. <laughs> I'm like, here is what this character meant to this. I would, yeah, I would get into a wormholes that would last. <laughs> I would not be able to get out of there. You'd just be like a uh, conspiracy theorist, like that picture of Charlie from Always Sunny with all his yarn on the wall and you're just... <laughs> I call that my homeland, uh, my homeland board. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. So next one, Hit Me Like a Snare. How much did this song hit you in the face after that quiet House of the Rising Sun? <laughs> it was a jump. And this part of the conversation, more so maybe than any other, is where I'm going to miss Steven. Because mm. this song reminded me a lot of Pink Floyd's Piper at the Gates of Dawn sound. Okay, okay. Which was one of the first albums that he and I did as part of the podcast. I listened to that one. Thank you. <laughs> Have you listened to the album? No, I did not. No, that I, was I the only you. one that I didn't commit to <laughs> listening. I don't know why. I think I was just trying to do a bunch of them at once because I was like, this is amazing. I'll like... But yeah, I mean, I I know what I'm getting into with Pink Floyd a little bit. Yeah, well, this is Pink Floyd kind of before, like, with their original lineup with a different guy doing all of their songwriting. So they had, it was a very, very different sound. If you were like, oh, I know Dark Side of the Moon, I know The Wall, and then you listen to Piper at the Gates of Dawn, you'd be like, what Ew. band is this? Okay, okay. <laughs> you'd be like, very, it's very different. And it's because... It's a different man writing the songs and playing the guitar. David Gilmour, who is like the voice you hear in most Pink Floyd songs. He plays the guitar, you know, like all of those sort of Pink Floydy things, like the guy that sings There Is No Pain, You Are Receding and Comfortably Numb, like that voice, he's not there. He's not part of the band yet. Okay. He joined as a replacement for the guy that was there previously, Sid Barrett. This song reminds me a lot of what that album sounds like and what Sid Barrett songs sound like. So if you're not familiar with Sid Barrett and you're not familiar with that version of Pink Floyd. Yeah, I will not understand this reference you're you getting won't, to. You won't get this reference at all. <laughs> So Steve, this this funny because yeah, this this was actually the song I was looking forward to the most with talking with Steven to see if he came up with the same conclusion. Okay, shoot. But Steven will be back next week and I may I may bring it up to see if he Yeah, I think we shit. should force him to talk about it, just because I I I sense that he may have hated this. And I and I and I didn't like intentionally pick it, but I was surprised when he said he didn't like any slow songs and I kind of already had this in my head. I was like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> so this is an opportune time. He texted me what he thought about this album. Oh, good. Okay. So Steven's thoughts, overarching thoughts on this album were that he liked the sound but okay. hated the flow. So many slow songs and starts. Oh, yeah. Um, but he'll definitely be checking out more of the band, but this album was a miss for him. Okay, yeah, I figured it might be. Sorry, Steven. No, well, I think Steven would be the first person to to quite happily counter his point with he was probably glad to have heard it. When he and I started this project, I think as I mentioned maybe even earlier in this episode, the point was to listen to everything. And so the fun, it's sort of fun almost to find albums where you know that you're not going to like it. Like I knew last week with Stevie, that Stevie Wonder album, that he loved it. Yeah. And I, I really didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and I knew that because of that, it would be a better conversation than us both just being like, I loved it, I loved it too. Because the conversation that we actually struggled with the most was with Lizzo, because we both really liked it. Yeah, for sure. You're like, oh, this song, perfect, next, amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it became more of a conversation about, for me, like discovering Lizzo and him talking about how he had been enjoying Lizzo for however long. But it was less about the music and our experience listening to the album, because we both like, yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. That's it awesome. really kind of stopped the conversation dead in a lot of ways. And so yeah. he and I were both kind of... So he would be the first person to say that his dislike of this album would lead him to have a lot of thoughts about why and really inspire an, an interesting conversation. So yes. um, I may I may hit him with this next time. But what, what are your thoughts on this? Because I feel like your initial comment of... How did it how did you feel coming out of House of the Rising Sun and they get smacked in the face with this yeah. very different sound is is your experience with it? Yeah, for sure. It always hits me in the face. Like I feel like at the end of the last one I'm just being lulled into a sleepy, nappy place of happiness, and then it just snaps into that snare and it's it's really raunchy and I love it and I like the song, but it totally is different, a totally different vibe, I think, for the rest of the album. But man, is it a good anthem where they just start yelling, fuck you, I'll do what I want to do. It's, uh, this is, yeah, this is the punk part of it. Steven, we miss you. So, <laughs> you're right, this would have been, <laughs> we your will- bingo card outs. <laughs> we <laughs> will punk, We're talking about punk rock. <laughs> oh my God. I make bingo cards at work every time we have a meeting. Oh my God, I hope nobody's listening to this from my work. Have you ever found or played the conference call bingo that you yeah. can we have seen yes yes we have seen it i would make specific ones for our exact team and i would make it for me and my friends and every time they said anyways it was bad it's bad it's bad it's bad but uh yeah this is a this is a fun song it's kind of crazy but it's such a it's such a good song if you just want to get your little bit of aggression out at the end of the day a bit and then we get on to dead crush i gotta be honest i really just enjoy listening to this album and these this is kind of the first time i'm reading any of these song names oh that's so <laughs> i just funny. i just put it on and listened to it and i was just like enjoying it i wasn't like what's this song because nothing really nothing really um startled me i suppose this song is actually about their dead crushes <laughs> It is exactly what it says. The crush itself is dead, like they no longer have a crush on that individual, or they're, they've experienced a lot of death in their life? Um, no, these people have deceased. <laughs> okay. And they have crushes on them. I like this song. It, it kind of makes you have to move. It's still got that, like, all J sexy vibe to it. There's a part in it where I immediately think the Scissor Sisters... And I have no idea if you've listened to the Scissor Sisters, but there is a part where he goes up high and I just, I'm I'm right with the Scissor Sisters. And I think they would be actually a really cool double bill. <laughs> <laughs> these, these guys opening for Scissor Sisters would be a fun Yeah, night. yeah, yes. I've seen the Scissor Sisters live probably four times. Uh, but yeah. Where that... did you see them? Because they're really a non-entity in North America. Montreal. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, what a party. Because they've been largely shunned by the United States because of the whole gay thing, right? Like, they're, they're enormous in Europe and England, but the States, for the same reason that they didn't like Queen back in the 80s, like, but they're gay. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they definitely didn't seem as big over here, but I feel like a lot of the people I hang out with like them, so I wouldn't really know that. I know Um, when I've listened to them in a like at the job Stephen and I shared, unfortunately I'm not there anymore, but the music we listened to there was largely just whatever we wanted. We just had a Bluetooth speaker and I would, I made like a big 300 song playlist for work and stuff. And I threw a few Scissor Sisters songs on it and everyone, you know, and I'd be like clapping and stuff, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> people were like, what the hell, like, what is this? It was like they they had no mem like they they were too young in some cases to have been around when they were on the radio. Right. And they didn't have any concept of who they were at this point. Oh man, comfortably numb. Since we're talking about covers, Scissor Sisters doing comfortably numb. Do you remember that? I don't know if I've heard that one. Oh my god. It's I may have. It's um <laughs> it's a dance party. It's a disco dance party. <laughs> nice. So I'm sure for the diehard Pink Floyd fans, they're like, ah, 
my ears are bleeding. Yeah, I, it could, yeah, if they have a similar attitude to, to I do, if, if they were like, yeah, a big Pink Floyd diehard, it's like, oh, you thought you did better than Comfortably Numb? Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you should definitely listen to it. I'll give it a listen. Good, good, good. Definitely, I like the Scissor Sisters. So this, what you're saying, is this album that just blended into one lovely, relaxing listen to you? You weren't like, hmm, right. this song. You were just like, yeah, yeah, I can get into this jam. Yeah, I would kind of put it on and, and then like, the artist would change because it was over and i'd be like what how much time has gone by oh funny <laughs> so yeah like i didn't find any of it really hard to listen to so they say that this song they say i mean this it actually happened in real life there are vocals from ellie roselle of wolf alice uh, i had never heard of wolf alice do you know who wolf alice is not by name. No, okay. No, I was, songs. yeah, I wormholed them a little bit. Hard to say if I could get into them, but it seemed like a band that I have heard of and should know and totally didn't. <laughs> something to listen to. Good suggestion for another episode. Yeah, maybe I just, yeah, something to look into for sure. This this album made me start listening to another artist that I actually was almost going to suggest for our next episode called uh, Shelby Mary. Mm. who I think you would love if you don't know her already. I don't. Have you ever watched Final Space, the no. TV show on Netflix? Okay. She just has a bunch of songs in that in that show, which is where I found like found out about her. Okay. She's amazing and if like I say if I hadn't already committed to what I need to suggest for this week. She honestly was going to be my pick. So probably she'll be my pick for the next time that it's my turn. Okay, so I'm not going to listen and then I'll Maybe wait not. for then. Maybe not. Okay. But she is lovely. And first, and I always try and, I don't always bring it up in the podcast, or I don't know if I even have bothered to before, but I've, I sort of try and sort of subtly take note of what I end up listening to as a result of whatever we're listening to that week. Yeah, yeah. And I find also because I'm the one doing the editing, sometimes the opportunity I get to listen to the artist properly is like the week while I'm doing the editing, not so much the week that we're supposed to be listening to it. Right. So like, I actually listened to quite a lot of Stevie Wonder this week. That's so funny. It, it <laughs> not that album though, but... <laughs> it showed up in my Spotify most listened to. I'm like, well, might have been inflated by this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. I haven't looked yet. But I think Spotify has released my like top songs of yeah. 2020. Or... Maybe talk. Does Steven have Spotify? Yes. Okay, we should talk about it. Mine were so embarrassing that I couldn't post it like everyone else. I'm like, no, oh. I look like I'm a hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be fun. We should do maybe that. do. A, we'll do a recap of our our Spotify 20. Our, our year, our our Spotify year. Yeah. I'm down for that. Awesome. Hundred percent. Mine will be a mixture of what I actually listen to, the podcast, and my children. Oh, that's super <laughs> funny. Yeah, I forgot about that. But the podcast so like, certainly does inflate it because Alt-J and... I mean, I do listen probably a lot to Alt-J, but Alt-J and Stevie Wonder were in the top. And I was like, mm, I, I do kind of listen to a lot of Stevie Wonder, but I don't, I don't know if it would be enough to hit it in my top five. Yeah. Well, let's hang on to that and we'll chat with Steven about doing maybe like... Whatever we do for the last week of the year. Yeah, we'll do a New Year's. I love it. Because we are one, two, we only have three Fridays left. The fourth Friday from now is New Year's Day. Okay. Because that's how fast time goes when Isn't you're- Isn't that crazy? <laughs> in your mid-late 30s. <laughs> oh my gosh. When I know, when I was like, your oh, you know. In your back room all day long. <laughs> yeah. I know, when I was like, oh, you know, what am I going to suggest for this week? You know, and I was like, oh, I have to- I already know, I've already committed to it, because I suggest this week, and by the time we actually post the episode for it, it'll be the 18th, and the next Friday after that is the 25th, and the next Friday after that is the 1st. That's crazy. Are we doing a Christmas one? No. Steven and I hate Christmas music, so if you want to do Christmas music and we do that as our drunk episode... Yeah, okay. We talk about how much we hate Christmas music because we've all worked in retail, then I'm definitely... Yeah, I might make you listen to one album. Anyways, uh, okay, Alt-J, um, dead crush, about my dead crushes. I mean, I don't know how that comes up in a conversation. That would... I don't know. I've never lost anyone that I'm aware of that I had any kind of romantic history with. No, these people were old. Like, these people were, like, historical figures. 
<laughs> oh, it's sort of like Phoebe, where she's like, she, she ended up like admitting that she was in love with Barbara Streisand's husband. Oh my God, I don't know. I'm n I've never watched Friends. I know it's a it's a bone of contention with everyone. Sorry, team. I never got into Friends. Honestly. I have happy memories of watching it when it was in first run. I went back and tried to rewatch some of it, and it's just like, oh god, it's just. They're all just like homophobic and horrible people. I tried to watch it mainly for the first time recently, and I think I got three quarters of an episode in and was like, I tried my hardest, and I have given up. <laughs> That's how I felt when I tried to watch Fuller House. Oh gosh, I wouldn't have even committed to saying I would do that. Once, once upon a time, it was shortly before my marriage ended, I think Fuller House had just come out and she, Renee and I agreed to try watching it. Neither of us, as I recall, being very much of a Full House fan, I know I sure wasn't. Again, no. much like yourself, only having like country radial antenna <laughs> stations. Yeah. Yeah. Full House is not a show I got to watch. Saved by the Bell every night. Full House, not so much. I don't remember Saved by the Bell either. Oh, wow. That was that was a staple. I remember watching that all the time. Simpsons, Oprah, Fresh Prince. Yeah, I remember getting home. Like The evening lineup was Saved by the Bell at 4 o'clock. So we'd usually be home by 4 o'clock. So that was my school. Oprah time slot. <laughs> okay. So we go Saved by the Bell, and then... I think it was Simpsons, Simpsons, but I also mm -hmm. remember Simpsons starting at five. So there was maybe something between Saved by the Bell and Simpsons, but I don't, that I don't remember. But yeah, Saved by the Bell, Simpsons. Oh, it's probably Saved by the Bell, Family Matters, Simpsons, Fresh Prince or something like that. Yeah, that sounds uh, possible. I didn't realize how much Fresh Prince I, I watched until I started rewatching it. And I, I like know what happens in the episodes. I'm like, wow, oh, okay. Fresh, yeah, I haven't started rewatching. I did watch the, I did watch the special they put out. I'm working my way to it. Okay. I'm excited. I have not, I haven't watched any of the old episodes again, but I suspect I'd be somewhat the same because I feel like I watched a hell of a lot of that show in first run and not realized it. Yeah, exactly. And what really pisses me off is how much better Vivian in the first three seasons were versus the last three seasons Vivian and apparently that was all Will Smith's doing but the first Vivian was awesome she was she was a very very strong black woman who like danced and like you know didn't take any sass from anybody she yeah yeah completely different character than yes second gen Aunt Viv yeah totally I loved her yeah um in the in the revisit in the reunion they actually talk to her i know them. i know i've read all about it i'm i'm excited right. for it don't ruin it right, well, i'm getting there. no 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 spoilers, <laughs> no spoilers but yeah so remember alt j anyways <laughs> welcome to our podcast <laughs> Uh, the next so like, song. I don't know if we'll get to an hour. Let's see. What are we at? <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of stuff you can edit out, especially when I realize I don't know how to work my computer and then my mouse stops working. And then I'm like, why are you blurring music into my ears? And you're like, that's you. You know, like all that stuff. I'm a tech wizard over here. I'm surprised I can even put on headphones. We're both into the sauce a little tonight, so whatever. I, oh yeah, no, this, this is nothing for this gal. Next song, Adeline. This to me felt cinematic. Like, I think that, you know how you said the album kind of felt familiar to you? Mm -hmm. I picture all of these songs in movies that like don't exist, but they all kind of have, I, and I'm sure it has to do with the strings, but they all have that crazy, not all of them, but a lot of them have the cinematic tone to it where those strings and the harmonies come in and you're like, oh, this is a scene in a movie somewhere it just hasn't been made and someone hasn't capitalized on this song yet or maybe they have and i don't know about it this whole album reminds me of watching russian doll i haven't seen it you haven't seen russian doll oh my god you love it honestly okay music is great acting's great fantastic 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 so kind of derails where I was going because I thought you'd be like yes because I thought for sure you'd seen Russian Doll because it's I thought so much would be a, a show you'd be into. I read that it was very repetitive and the same thing someone living the same thing over and over again and that kind a of little bit Groundhog's Day. Yeah that kind of stuff I have a really short attention span but I will I will watch it I just yeah I hear repetition and I think eh. the episodes change so although she's largely living the same day 
they will change the perspective. She will do different things. She'll talk to different people. And over the course of the show, it's kind of a spoiler, but without sort of saying it, it doesn't really, I think, inspire you to try and watch it. Her day changes. Certain elements of her day start to change. Okay. So all of a sudden it's like she starts the show in a party in a bathroom. Okay. And before she realizes that you as the viewer start to sort of be like, wait, there were more people at this party before. Okay. She used to fuck around with like that chicken. Like there's a cooked chicken she got mad about or some such thing. And now it's not there. Or, you know, so it's it's like, so in addition to it being a little bit like Groundhog Day, it's not Groundhog Day in the sense that, like, it's not the exact same day over and over again until she figures out what she needs to do. It's, it changes and things disappear from her. Or she goes and investigates different people that are involved, and so it's completely different, even though the day is technically the same. So she's like, starts in a party, and sometimes she, you know, stays at the party and talks to different people. Or she'll you know, be like, I'm out of here. And she'll just like fuck off out of the party instantly. And then she has a completely different day. And it's sort of a mini series. I think there's only one season. Okay. But also the music is fantastic in it. Okay. Which also helps, I think. So so that that is sort of my, my endorsement for watching it, even though, yes, it is completely repetitive, but it's written in a way that the repetition becomes paramount to you understanding things about it that are changing. Okay. I, I will commit to watching it. Cool. And I suppose while you're doing it, mm-hmm. this album reminded me of music that would have been played during that show. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm very interested to hear the music now because this stuff's quite different, this folktronica. <laughs> folktronica. I just saw it again. Art pop. Genre art pop. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Whatever that means. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we have a lot to say about this song. It's beautiful. It's flowing. It's lovely. The tagline is, I wish you well. Oh, you know what? Oh, I did want to say what this song is about. The band describes the song's narrative as a Tasmanian devil that falls in love with a woman as he watches her swim. So I then went and read the lyrics, and the song has completely changed for me. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> it's um, a very interesting premise for a song. I appreciate their creativity. I love that it's from the view of a Tasmanian devil that's falling in love. I got into the lyrics of all of them because I have listened to this album a hundred times and had no idea what the words were. So it changed a couple of the songs for me. Oh yeah. The one it changed the most was um, the bonus song I told you to listen to. Oh yeah, okay. Are you reading the words now? I am. As yeah. a Tasmanian so devil. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Are you reading it as the? Are you thinking Tasmanian devil falling in love as you read it? <laughs> like the Looney Tunes Tasmanian. Yeah, devil? I mean, do we any? Do we have any other reference for a Tasmanian devil? Maybe not in this country. Steven suggested we listen to this Dropkick Murphys album as part of his, like, childhood albums. Okay. And the old triangle when jingle jangle reminds me of something from that. Oh, my God. Okay. Sort of like a Scottish or maritime yeah, chanty yeah, yeah. song. Alt-J wouldn't sing it in a way that would make you think of that. <laughs> sort of. The, I was like, oh, that's funny. When you read, like, the lyrics and then you hear them sing, and there's, like, the old triangle... That's super funny. Yeah, the, as opposed to like a horde of men just being the old triangle and triangle, triangle. <laughs> banging on things. Yes, <laughs> we've been drinking. Yeah, so the lyrics are really interesting for that. And I will tell you that the last song of the album I always skip, and I don't like it. Oh, okay. And the reason why it takes him at least six beats to say the first word of the song, <laughs> and I can't commit. All right. He says the month January, but it's like January. And I'm out. And I'm out. I'm like, that was fun. That was fun. And I love those guys. Just not that one. The month of January is long enough. (laughs) I know. You kind of feel it in your soul. Maybe it's triggering. I think, oh, winter. I can't, like, I can't hear this anymore. It's too much. All we have to look forward to in January is February, which is the shortest month of the year and subsequently the longest month of the year. Man, it's rough. It's rough. Every February sucks. Every other freckle, yeah, is my favorite song. About that? I love. I want, this... I want to say really quick, yeah. if I can just jump in real quick. Please. I think last year, the song last year, I think 
It reminds me musically a lot of the first song. So as a band that, you know, we're sort of like trying to figure out if they're sort of mathematically playing a loop, I almost wonder if the album is meant to sort of symbolize a triangle. And like this song musically, it sounds very similar to the beginning. So I know it's not the last song on the album. I was just going to say, similar. I totally skipped the last song, but I hear what you're saying is having very similar feeling to the intro. Yeah, it has that still, that sound sort of down-tuned acoustic guitar sort of drone to it that the first song did. So again, last year is not the last song on the yeah, album. Yeah, I lied. Yeah, I lied about that. I just took no and, um, notes for Pleader. Last year, I believe I read was, it's written about someone who's losing their mental capacity throughout the year. And then the last part of it who that is sung by a woman is supposed to be sung at his funeral or something. Okay. It's very dark. Maybe okay. another reason why I just don't commit. The last song though, Pleader, gets stuck in my head forever. And I, the, <laughs> the only lyrics that I'm sure stick with people is how green was my valley. That's the one that sounds like it's in a church. It is, I think it is in a church. I think it was recorded in a church with a full orchestra. And it's that really deep, it sounds like church music, but it- It's like a church in the music video too. Yes, the music video is very dark as well. But that song is like also, also like you said, similar to the first song where it has quite a long intro and you're kind of wondering where it's going. And then all of a sudden this very church-like music plays and uh, it feels kind of weird. But then when I was reading more about the lyrics and the point of it, it made, it made a little bit more sense to me. Oh my God, the music video for Pleader has like a birth in it. Yes before they yeah a straight up birth but i kind of it's a weird storyline too i just wasn't expecting that like i was expecting sort of dark you know they're in sort of like an old like old english home or an old scottish home or something without a lot in it they don't have a lot to their name and all of a sudden it like smash cuts to her delivering a baby and then it's like oh it's coming out like real life and it's like oh god <laughs> <laughs> i'm here and i can see it <laughs> so it's based this song is based on a book called How Green Was My Valley about a small mining community in Wales. And if you watch the video, it feels very much like the Aberfan oh. disaster. Oh God, yeah. So if you keep watching the video, it's a fucking I'm Debbie. At that part it's now. a Debbie Downer. I'm at that part now where she's like watching the landslide yeah. rush towards the schoolhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like a lot of people our age, probably learned about that as a result of The Crown. 100% I did. <laughs> I did. And then, like, you sit there watching The Crown and be like, pause, what in the shit? Yeah, Google, totally. take me away. <laughs> like, every episode of The Crown turns into, like, a four-hour Google marathon. Yes. You're just like, pause. <laughs> I'm learning history. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All those children? All, all of them? H hideous. Oh, oh God. Yeah, so that's a that's a tough that's a tough video to end on. You need to you need to cleanse your palate. Go back and watch the first season of The Crown, where it's just the old king dying. <laughs> that's just a man dying of cancer. That's that's a little less emotion. There's a little less emotional sting on that one. Than yeah, watching an entire schoolhouse of children get wiped out due to careless safety precautions due to mining. Crazy, right? Anyways, that video really kind of draws you back to that, which was intentional and dark holy moly so we i i it's important that we bring the mood back up with every other freckle every other freckle hit me why do you love this song so much i this is just one of the sexiest songs ever but i wish i hadn't got into the wormhole of the lyrics because i ended up on urban dictionary and i was upset by some things so <laughs> I, will, I can't go into it further, but this song, the lyrics that I thought were like sexy and raunchy, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um, so I learned some things, but I also just love this song. The dirtiest, most hysterical line is, I want to turn you inside out to lick you like a crisp packet. <laughs> English dirty talk, you know, Margaret. <laughs> we could be having sexual intercourse right now. Hmm, yes, but that's not. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Almost. Almost. I know. Yeah. That's so oh, funny. No. <laughs> well done. <laughs> 
Oh, oh God. Good God. Anyways, I this song I just adore. And then he kind of references letting the cover girls sing, which I'm assuming is a shout out to Lou Reed. Doop, 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 yeah, but they go Lulu. Oh. Anyways, I just, this is... This is definitely one of my favorite songs from them. I just, I the vibe is very, it's a sexy vibe. Sounds it's very sort of like a wheel when you listen to it. Like, and then it's sort of like everything kind of cycles. It feels sort of like a swirling kind of thing. Yeah, or a grindy dance. Yes, I'm not one to do those. Yeah, well, I'm glad there's no visuals for people to see what I'm trying to do. <laughs> it looks like I'm having a stroke. Uh, spoiler alert. Um... <laughs> Turn into a sexy dance here from my office chair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Check. I won't hurt my hip this way. Hi-yo. So I'm really pleased that you liked it. I The more I was listening to the album this week, I definitely thought Steven might struggle with it. And I was wondering where you would land with it because I know you are a fan of the Relaxtronica, but some of this stuff is a little bit... It can be gratuitous with constant instrumental, but I, I'm, I'm glad that... I did. It is relatively instrumental, but as I say, I kind of listen to a lot of instrumental music on purpose now. I find music with lyrics when I'm working, which is where I listen, have an opportunity to sort of have the most time to sort of put music on. Um, I find it music with lyrics either really distracting or it bothers me because I'm not paying attention to it and all of a sudden the song has changed. I'm like, wait, I liked that song. When yeah, I yeah. Or I just listen to mostly now just like, you know big like three hour compilations of like lo-fi jams or something and there's like no singing in them whatsoever or listen to classical music or... i listen to classical music when i read so that i can read and pay attention yeah. <laughs> i i don't tend to listen to a lot of like traditional classic music classical music but that's sort of when i listen to video game soundtracks or movie soundtracks and stuff like that sort of in those moments yeah. where i'm just i just want music to sort of fade into the background i don't want words to uh sort of distract me from what i'm trying to concentrate on i totally get that none of this um having instrumental breaks or anything like that really ruined the experience for me because of the way that i was listening to it i think maybe if i was just sitting down with like with this like in a chair just like i have to listen to this album but i never really approach any of the albums we do that way i always listen to them while i'm doing something else i try to incorporate them into my life the way that you would with music naturally anyway yeah i like how you and steven do the headphones the like in the car like the i i try and i try and do that <laughs> yeah it's interesting even on albums that i've heard a lot putting them on headphones you usually end up hearing something that you've missed before. Totally. I went and got my my big over-ear ones from the office. They're a, they're a game changer. I brought mine home from the office because we were recently sent home till at least the new year. Yeah, I broke into my office to get it. No regrets. I also stole paper. Um, yeah, Don't no, tell I'm... anyone. I won't. Um, so, do... do we have a couple of things show-wise left to do? Yeah. We have two segments left, so... Our first one, of course, is our ongoing discussion about whether or not an album has a songbird on it. Does this does this album have a songbird on it for you? Is there a song that kicks you out of the flow? Hit me like a snare. Yeah. It's such a punch in the face after the lulling lullaby of House of the Rising Sun. And then there's like, there's loud Japanese in it. I, I mean, I like it, but it, it kicks me out. Yeah, I'll agree. I think, I don't think it kicks me out quite as much as the way you've described, but in terms of like me listening to the album and all of a sudden being like, this sounds like a Pink Floyd song. Yeah. It's, it sucks me out in the sense that all of a sudden I become very aware that this song style has changed. Yeah. So yeah, again, but the songbird is not supposed to be a bad song. It's just supposed to be whether or not it pulls you out of the album yeah. as a listening experience. So yeah, I'll agree that Give Me Like a Snare was the one that I had. And is this, I don't know if we're going to call it a Desert Island album, but the, the the whole idea of it came from like, we've listened to this, this album for a week in its entirety. Is this an album that you are going to listen to in its entirety again? I for sure will listen to it again, but I do really get caught up in listening to the songs, like my favorite Alt-J songs. 
So I will most likely go back to my like top seven songs that I love from the band, but I will, I will definitely listen to this song. I mean, this album again from start to finish. I think I will too. I think this is one of the few that we've done where I think I can honestly say, yeah, I'm going to likely listen to this all the way through again, now that I sort of haven't committed to listening to it all the way through for the podcast. So yeah, I think so. I, I think Stephen won't based on what he's dead. <laughs> By proxy. Uh... Yes, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to use Stephen's vote. <laughs> I don't think he is going to listen to this album again. Although he did, as I think I previously mentioned, he did say that he likes the band. Mm. He just doesn't like the album per se. He doesn't. So I think he's going to listen to more of the band, but I don't suspect he's going to listen to this album again. So yeah, I really appreciate you suggesting this one because it was, I think in the previous format of just Steven and I, we never would have found this band, first of all. And it's not something he ever would have suggested. So I would have needed to find this band on my own and then suggest it before we got a chance to listen to it on the podcast. And you just came out of the gate with it. So thank you. This was a really, really nice listening experience for me. And I'm really glad that you came on and suggested it. I think Alt-J is something I'm going to listen to a lot more. I was just going to say, I'm super glad you like it. And now you have two other full Alt-J albums to dig into when you feel like it, which have 100%. the kind of the hits on them. So I'm really glad that you enjoy Alt-J the same way I do. I do. And I did listen to more than just the album. Like I did go back and listen to Every Other Freckle. And I think I listened to a little bit of the This Is All Yours album. But I tried not to focus too much on their other songs For because sure. I didn't want to sort of mix up in my mind what I was, what we had to talk about. But yeah, definitely great band, and I would definitely recommend recommend it for people who are looking for something, you know, sort of electronic-y and sort of like background-y kind of music. If you like this kind of music, if you like things like Zero Seven, as we've often alluded to, or Massive Attack, Portishead, Relaxtronica type music, trademark, then, yeah, <laughs> then you would. Uh, you would definitely like Alt-J, and it's worth checking out. Awesome. So, I guess it's it's my turn to choose for next week. I'm excited. So, I unfortunately have to choose the same artist two chooses in a row, because Steven and I agreed before you came on that we were going to listen to Amy Winehouse's Back to Black in December, and I only get one pick in December. So I have to choose Amy Winehouse's Back to Black so that we can close the book on talking about Frank a little bit more, talking about Back to Black a little bit more, and talking about the Amy Winehouse documentary that we have now discussed across a couple of different episodes. So for our next week's listen, my pick is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, and then we can kind of close the book on one artist, which I think will be sort of fun. I'm really excited. I definitely have cheated, and when you did your Amy Winehouse one, I listened to Back to Black about 17 times, so I am <laughs> ahead of the game for this one. And I know you're a crazy Frank fan, but I loved Back to Black. I suggested to Stephen that he listen to Glastonbury 2007 versus Glastonbury 2008, which are both readily available on YouTube. I like listening to Amy Winehouse Back to Black era live. I'm not a big fan of listening to the album. I love the Frank album, the studio experience, more than I love listening to her do concerts in the Frank era. But I love back the Back to Black era concerts, sort of before she became in a way that her concerts basically turned into spectacles of her not being at her best. Yeah. So yeah, uh, next week, Back to Black. Listen lots, listen listen loud, listen proud, and we will talk about Amy Winehouse. If you want to revisit the the documentary, it's on Amazon Prime if you have that. Okay, I don't, but I'll figure it out. But I would like to see it again. All right, awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I know that I sprung it on you that instead of just kind of being like second episode, welcome back, Angie. It's like, nope, it's just us this week. We missed you, Steven. We missed you, Steven. And we will catch you next week. Hopefully Steven will be back. Send him all your good vibes. And add him on Twitter at life 2 Labyrinth. Bye! Thanks for listening to life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life2Labyrinth. <laughs>